I always wanted a great culture in the restaurant. I benefited from the culture that my operator, you know, created for us that I literally grew up in. And now I'm at this point where, hey, I'm an owner operator. I'm a year and a half into this. And this really isn't what I really wanted. Like this isn't looking like the restaurant that I had envisioned. And if I was going to be, again, honest with myself is, hey, I really wasn't the operator that I wanted to be. Welcome to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Raines. As leaders, you have the ability to design and lead culture intentionally. Hear from culture leaders who are moving from a values list to values lived. Hey leaders, welcome back to the Build Your Culture Brand podcast. I have with me today Ray Cowan. He's in Ramsey, New Jersey, and is the owner-operator of the Chick-fil-A there. Welcome to the show, Ray. Good to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Jay. Excited to be here. So Ray has a, a journey of getting into Chick-fil-A. We were just talking about it, and there was there was a moment in time, Ray, you were telling me that you you applied for a Subway and PacSun, got no's, but Chick-fil-A said yes. So that you know, here here you are, and the the journey along the way was you know working there and not knowing that was a career choice, but then later applying to become an operator actually getting into the LDP program. And now here you are in New Jersey with your own Chick-fil-A. But I want to ask, Ray, I'm going to dive in on one part of that. There was a particular no that you received in there. And I want to hear more about that no that you got. Yeah. So like you said, I started with Chick-fil-A and it was this opportunity that kind of came out of left field. All my friends started working there and my career with Chick-fil-A through high school and through college had a, a lot of success. Like it was Chick-fil-A was something where it wasn't great at sports. It wasn't great uh, at a lot of things in high school, but with Chick-fil-A, I found, Hey, this is, this is my home and I can thrive here. And after college was a general manager and had a lot of great results. And ultimately it came to the point where it's like, okay, Hey, is Chick-fil-A going to be a career opportunity? And I put the application process and it just felt like I was breezing through it. Uh, yes, after yes, after yes, after yes. And finally, where I was starting to interview for specific locations. And I interviewed for this mall location in Virginia. And I was like, this is happening. And I went down to Atlanta, had my interview. And I'll never forget, I had got my phone started ringing. And I went and I answered it. And it was that first moment where I got the, hey, Ray. Like, and it was not a good, hey, Ray. It was, the tone was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get some bad news here. Uh, and in that process, uh, they're like, you know, we appreciate you coming down, but we didn't really feel like you were ready for this opportunity. Uh, they said, and I'll never forget this. They're like, you know, most candidates have a business plan. And I didn't. Uh, my last interview I ever had was when I was 16 and uh, it didn't really show up for, for that interview the way that professionally I needed to for this kind of opportunity. And when they're on the phone with me, they're like, you know, we really think that you should do our two-year development program. And I heard it. And then I, you know, shot back a, a question where I was like, well, do you mean I'll be interviewing for another location? And it was a very clear, no, we don't think you're ready to be an, an owner operator. And what we do think you're ready for is to recommit the next two years of your life into LTP. And I just remember getting off the phone and thinking, I was right here. I was right here at the door. I was, they were you know, I was ready to interview for, uh, you know, I was already planning the next two, three years of my life as being an owner operator. And now I have to completely reset. And when I started to interview for LDP, 
I was, I was really just in a bad mood. I was sulking for it. And I remember thinking, Hey, I almost became an operator. Of course, I'm going to get into this program. And it didn't really put, I didn't put the best effort in, didn't have the best attitude. And I was really going through the motions at that time. And I'll never forget. I, I was home for dinner. I was chopping onions and I, like, I can still see that cutting board and still see those onions. And I was just sulking about it. And my wife looked at me, Megan, and she said, you know, maybe you're not as good as you think you are, and maybe you need this program. And it was one of those moments where it's like, as when your spouse says something, you don't even fight. Like, wow. I just remember I just kept chopping. I just stayed silent and I knew she was right. And I, I went through it and uh, I went and applied for the program, was able to be selected. And it turns out it's like that program was, in Megan's word, exactly what I needed. Uh, it professionally it took all the, the knowledge that I had with Chick-fil-A and it really gave me the tools and resource I needed to be the owner operator that, you know, I, I've been, you know, the product of, of my operator and the product of this, the, the program that I was in. And it just really put me on a footing that I didn't know I really could achieve until I actually was in that program. What a beautiful story to have Megan there at your side. Also, you know, thinking the best of you, but also speaking truth in that moment. I, was, I can imagine it was hard to hear. I'm, I'm imagining you, Ray. Ray, we have a lot of fun when we talk together. And I'm imagining the situation. You're chopping onions, and and you're just you're. There's just tears. You know, if I were chopping <laughs> onions, it'd be tears. Did you have tears in this moment? Was that included? I wish I did, uh, but it was just I was so like. <laughs> hit right between the eyes with her comment that it just stunned me. Yeah. Like there was just nothing. And I just, I just took it as it was, but I wish the tears were there to cover some of the, the ego. And I could have blamed it, it on the onions. It. Yeah. Right. Blame it on the onions. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Powerful moment. Great yeah. wisdom from Megan. And uh, I know you still rely on her for, you know, as you all talk together about big business decisions that you're making and life decisions. So it's good to see your relationship shine in that way. So just for our audience to get to know you a little bit better, I want to ask a question about uh, your leadership. So here's the way we do this. I ask, what's a what's your leadership kryptonite? Or actually, at first I ask, what's your leadership superpower? And then what is your leadership kryptonite? So what would those be for you? How would you describe each of those? I think especially within the restaurant, I started Chick-fil-A when I was 16, worked every position in the restaurant front to back and um, working through high school and then working through college and being able to work at Chick-fil-A. I look at, hey, I've been in the restaurant, so I know the restaurant really well and growing through Chick-fil-A through seasons of life, through high school, through college, through adulthood, through marriage and children. Um, I feel like I've been able to really see things and connect the dots really well. Uh, if something's going on in the restaurant, you know, it might be happening in the drive-through, but I'm able to really pick up, hey, the problem's really starting in the back of the kitchen. Uh, if something's happening uh, on the center line, you know, hey, it's because there's, you know, not communication that's happening uh, on the henny penny position or, um, and so like being able to connect some dots in together um, I think it's just the product of uh, of my time and being around my own operator and being able to see, hey, this is how cause and effect really works. And how I've been able to apply that to specifically in leadership is with my own leaders where 
I'm able to emotionally connect with them and start connecting some of the dots. What's happening in the restaurant might be an effect of what's happening at home. And being able to, you know, know myself and know, hey, this is where I'm at in my high school season and my college season and how I acted within the restaurant at those times. And now having people in those different seasons of life, whether, you know, I have someone on our staff that's getting ready to get married, someone that's getting ready to have their first child. And some of those things of when they walk into the restaurant, I, I can see, hey, what's happening outside is impacting. And so, hey, how can I, within my opportunity as being an operator, how can I influence both of those areas? And and I've always felt like that has, has just been something that thankfully I've, I've been gifted with to, to see how all these wheels are interwined. And, you know, what's showing up on the surface probably has a deeper roots and being able to kind of go after uh, those things and, and be able to, to lead and support either my leaders or my staff in a unique way that's not just surface and symptom level. I love that. I mean, it's this picture in my mind of, of you seeing kind of past face value, you know, of these people and they're, they're bringing the weight of the world with them sometimes into the business. And it adversely, probably adversely affects you know, results at times, but yet you're, you're seeing past that and you're almost, it's like a, a benefit of the doubt type superpower where you're seeing beyond, you know, just kind of what they're being presented with in the moment. So great, great superpower. What would be your kryptonite that works against you? Uh, I am not an organized person. Uh, <laughs> I am ever since high school, I have just, you know, calendars, emails, all of that stuff. It's not, it's not in my wheelhouse. And I don't know if there's a healthy level of come to grips with that where I'm like, okay, I, I understand if I applied myself very intently, I might see marginal gains in this. So I just need to counteract with other people in my business who are organized, uh, lean heavily onto those people, uh, find skill sets where I'm like, hey, I just, I know this is not something I, I just have a proven track record of with success. Uh, and so just leaning on other people for those. There you go. And, and being aware of it, now you can, you know, build processes and systems around you. And so good awareness, maximize your strengths and then systematize and process around your your weaknesses. Yeah. You know, I, I want you to be able to share too, you've got this amazing team there in, in Ramsey, New Jersey. I've been with your team, um, been coaching you and your leaders for a while. Our team loves working with your team, by the way. And then here you are, you're at one of the top performing Chick-fil-A's in the nation. There's a lot of pressure there. You're, it's a, it's not, uh, it, it's kind of a, a blend between a DTO, a drive-through only and a freestander. Yeah. At some point you, you thought, Hey, I, I could really use, my team could really use some coaching uh, what were some of the things that kind of pushed you to that place where you felt like, I'm going to bring in a team like Leaders Q to help with our team? It's funny that you asked that question because I think the the most immediate answer was I started to notice my own limits. Like I, I felt like, hey, then the business, as our business was growing, we opened three months before the pandemic hit and we muscled through 2020. And I was really running out of steam in the, the summer of 2021. And I kept thinking of all these projects, all these things that were happening. And I realized, hey, I am, I am at my max end right now. And I'm thinking, okay, if my business is going to be 
dependent on me for growth and I'm already hitting my ceiling, then I have to really increase my own capacity. And so the first thing that started was, hey, I receive one-on-one business coaching and being able to see that like, hey, as in my own need, it really start our first initial conversations really started where, hey, I always wanted a great culture in the restaurant. I always, you know, I, I benefited from the culture that my operator, you know, created for us that I literally grew up in. And now I'm at this point where, hey, I'm an owner operator. I'm a year and a half into this. And this really isn't what I really wanted. Like, this isn't looking like the restaurant that I had envisioned uh, when I was going through the interview process. And if I was going to be, again, honest with myself is, hey, I really wasn't the operator that I wanted to be. And looking to really increase my own capacity really kind of created the snowball of, well, hey, what does your culture in your restaurant look like? And I, you know, kind of met with blank stares like, you know, I don't know. Well, and thankfully, it's like with you and Leaders Q, those questions that you asked started to shape, hey, this is really what I want our culture to be like. And when I started looking at myself, it's like, hey, if I need development and I need growth and I'm at my own capacity, then can we add leaders cue to supplement the growth of our other leadership where, you know, I felt this immense pressure of everything resting on my shoulders. It turned into this, this blessing where it's like, Hey, I can, I, as the leader of the organization can incorporate other people with other skill sets to also pour into my leaders. And so that started opening up coaching for my other leaders. And then ultimately uh, bringing uh, leaders cue down for our culture brand session. And and again, all of it started with realizing, hey, I am hitting my own wall and I need to be able to increase what I'm able to do as the owner of the business here. Yeah, I appreciate the way you, you share that story because every every client we have, we there seems to be a little bit different starting place with each one. And we're fortunately we're at that size. We're kind of boutique and we can, you know, flex with with where you what your need is at the moment. And I, so I appreciate you know, sharing that starting point for you. And then you just brought it to that place where we, we met together and you, we led you, but you and your team created what we call a culture brand and, and uh, describe a little bit about what having that tool now that it's clear and it's very unique for your team, how does having that tool help you and help your leaders? Well, I remember when we opened and, you know, you have this idea of, hey, I'm going to create a culture. And it's one of those things where it's like, hey, culture is almost this living word that you kind of think has its own definition. And the first thing it realized, you know, when we were going through this process was, hey, I had to define what our culture looked like. And our culture didn't exist without definition. And definition was this thing, this kind of driving force of, if I have a desired outcome of what I want our culture to be, then I really have to define it. And uh, those early sessions on were, hey, we know what you want. And, you know, I had an idea of what I wanted our business to look like. But I, I, you know, the reality of it was it was never going to look like that unless I actually gave words to define it. And so that process of defining it really opened up my eyes of, hey, this is exactly what I want here in our business. I love it. I love how clear it is. In fact, you even have it to where, you know, it's down to the three basic words. What are those three basic words that y'all use in your culture brand? Uh, partner, inspire, and win. And and those three words, you know, really help 
embody like exactly what we want. We want to partner together. Like this is the team effort. It, it involves that a lot of, I think a lot of the words that we came front, like came up with really centered around a team environment is, Hey, we're all in this here together. We all want to work together, collaborate, um, be accountable to each other. Um, the second word is to inspire. Hey, that, that character piece of, are we creating responses to and from each other that help elevate our performance? Not only, you know, from the efficiency standpoint of taking care of the customers, but from a character standpoint. I think that word inspire really has a connotation of bringing out the best out of each person and ultimately landing in, hey, you know, I think sometimes, unfortunately, we miss this in Chick-fil-A where we're so heavy on the relational side. Uh, but that final word of winning uh, wanted to round out those other two and bring balance to those first two words. Because uh, it's like we do want to be a winning organization. We want to be successful. We want to be excellent. And I think in some sense where, you know, I've always looked at, hey, winning helps give credibility to those first two words. If we just partner and if we just inspire and we don't have an organization that wins, then we really kind of demean those first two words. Uh, but if we can win as an organization and do it really well while we're partnering with each other and we're bringing the most out of our each other's character inspiring, uh, it gives us so much credibility to all three of those words standing together. Thanks, Ray, for unpacking that. And, and just to kind of connect that so people understand, you know, this is a unique for Ray's team and He's developed this, you know, so that they have a way to say what, how they do culture on their team, but kind of looking at it from, you know, from outside, I want listeners to understand that, you know, partner is a word that they're using to talk about how they team together. How do we collaborate team together? Uh, inspire is how they, they talk about how they, they do character, how they show up and their attitude. And then win is about how they get results. And so that combination of those three big pieces in any organization really make sure that you have a comprehensive culture. They, they've covered every area of the business. They get results, they work together, and they show up with the right attitude. And that is how they define their culture. So Ray, you were, you were telling me the other day about a situation where you walked in, there, there was a, an, an interaction with one of the team members, and they actually had to they had to hold the meeting to go look for their culture brand to be able to have the rest of the meeting. What, tell me about what happened there. Well, we were having a coaching conversation and two back of house leaders were having that conversation with a team member and I was in the office. And so when we started creating our culture, it was, you know, it existed in, in certain places in the restaurant. It existed on a document here and document there. And we're like, if, if this is really going to catch on, it kind of has to exist in multiple different places. And then it existed on a poster in, in our offsite office. And then it existed in a Spanish poster in the kitchen. And ultimately it's like, Hey, we need this to exist like in a travel size. And so we laminated an eight and a half by uh, 11 piece of paper in the office. And it was one of those times where it's like, Hey, this is really catching. It's really becoming really sticky here where they were going to have that disciplinary action and they couldn't find the piece of paper. Like literally it's like, hey, we don't know where it's at. And they held up the entire meeting because it had become such a tool and a point of reference where it was very much a living document at that point where it's like, hey, if we're all gonna talk about the same things together within the organization, then we need to use the same tools. And it was just one of those moments where it was, 
it was seemingly like, okay, hey, they just can't start their meeting here without it. But for me looking at it, it was like, hey, this is caught on so well that they rely on this. And it's the same language that we're using, whether in English or in Spanish, wherever it is in the restaurant. Uh, it's becoming this universal accountability piece. And I was just so excited to see that because it really did show that, hey, this wasn't something I as the owner operator was forcing down. It was something as leaders were, were holding up and bringing other people involved into. Such a great story. Thanks. And I love that because it's it's like the entire, you know, all of your heart and all of your desire about your business plan and how you want people to show up and really be a part of the business is captured in this in this one tool and then it gives them extreme confidence to have a very tough conversation these are tough conversations to have and just incredible confidence to know that you know this is what we're calling everybody to live by and let's make sure we're saying the same thing to everybody so thanks for uh, i like how how you share that score story that it just really uh, establishes a clear message to everyone it, let's let's say you didn't have this tool what would be missing from your organization if you didn't have a way to talk about culture in in this with this kind of clarity? Well, you know, you talk about with clarity. I think that was absolutely one of the things that was a hundred percent missing. Where it was so culture was something that was so subjective. Where it's I had all these different leaders, I had all these different team members, and again, I think all of us wanted a good culture, and all of us kind of in its our own sense created what a good good culture was. And we all were kind of really trying to go out on mission with a different mission objective. We all thought we had the same mission, but how we went about accomplishing it was in a hundred different uh, ways. And where I look where it's like the thing that, you know, when we really started building this up and getting it off the ground, what was really missing was accountability. And that definition of culture created this need of accountability within the restaurant where hey, we're all agreeing this is our culture. We, we're all agreeing this is what we want our desired outcome to be. And it became this thing that held everybody accountable. And I love, I love it with our culture brand too, because I felt like, hey, it even holds me accountable to it. Um, it's a resource oh, yeah. that we created, but it's, a, it's this like spirit of our organization. And are we all really performing and responding to it? And when we were really starting to get it up off the ground and when we had it and we had it defined, we're like, hey, we all know we're going after this now, but we're not holding team members or other leaders accountable to it. Then it was just really clear we weren't going to hit that objective. And so it created this need for um, just accountability within our leaders and our staff of, hey, we really want to pull people towards this objective and we really want you to be able to achieve it through knowing like, hey, We've, get, we've uh, really created some really clear definition of success. And now we need to stay within these confines to be able to be successful. So, you know, the other day you were telling me that, uh, y'all had been working on your culture. We had we'd done all this work. You had it established. You had it on paper. You had it throughout the organization. But then in, in February, right, y'all met together in San Diego. All Chick-fil-A operators got together and had a big conference and the entire seminar for all of Chick-fil-A was about, ended up being about culture. Did you feel a little bit prepared for that? Or did you then observe some gaps and new areas of growth? What, what were some of the things going through your mind coming out of Next in San Diego? Well, I felt really good about myself. 
<laughs> honestly. Like I felt like I'm like, oh, we've we we've arrived. We you know, thanks Chick Fil A, we've uh, we have it here. And I, I joke when I say that because two things happened. Uh, we had next, and I felt very much ahead of the curve. Uh, and I said that first part jokingly, but I really did feel like, hey, we've you know we've been working at this idea of culture for a year and a half, and we've started to really see some success in it. And it was one of those things where it's like I felt like cult, this idea of culture brand was this bag of seed, and I was, we were just throwing it all around the restaurant, and it was popping up here and it was popping up there, and it's just really popping up in places that I didn't expect it. And I fast forward a couple months and we went to visit my good friend, Jared Caldwell, out in uh, New York City. And when we visited there, it was clear his culture was more mature than mine, I'll say. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, hey, like when I talked to Jared and I talked to his leaders, how they created culture was they were strategically planning it. They weren't just throwing seeds. They were cultivating culture. And while I very much felt ahead of the curve after coming out of Next, I did see some gaps of of what we were doing within our culture of, hey, you know, we can't just haphazardly throw it everywhere and see where it sticks is we've really got to be those farmers when it comes to culture where we have these intended rows where we plan it and we tend it and we give it every condition that it needs to thrive and have a level of confidence that it's going to produce a, a, a crop. And and that's where it's like, I think both of those things combined has really been challenging for me this year. And we've seen some improvement where it's like, okay, hey, we strategically want to plant culture here. And we strategically want to see, you know, should expect to see some results coming from this, uh, wherever it might be in the business. And those two things really did help, you know, next, I kind of felt overinflated of where we're at visiting Jared kind of came back down to a little bit of reality. Uh, but I also know it's like, hey, culture is it's something where it's like it is it's the long term game. Uh, it's not something where you get to turn on or off, but it's something that you start and you have to see it through. And, and it's something that, again, unless you're constantly tending it, it can just get away from you or just completely go away. And so I, I was I was pleasantly surprised to after next to realize, hey, that year and a half we've invested we're going to very much see that return on investment as long as we keep plowing and, you know, we can have new levels of success with culture, you know, that I didn't really understand stood existed uh, until, you know, some events this year. Well, Ray, I, I love how you've implemented culture brand. I love how, you, you know, it, it's central to your idea of how you guide and coach and develop. And, but I've also noticed that a few people have had to step away from your organization because, as, as you've implemented this, they've come to realize and you've come to realize that they're they're not really willing to step up into this idea of, of the kind of team you want to have and the kind of organization you want to leave. So you don't have to unpack any of that, but I, I have noticed how how helpful it has been for you to, to sort through some of your leadership and make some decisions there. But also I'm I would I'm curious to know where is culture brand cascading now as it's cascading from your top leaders into your middle? Where, where do you feel like that next edge of cascade is happening? Well, I'll step back and answer a little bit in some of the, the leadership turnover that we had where when we opened up, it's hard, especially in a grand opening setting if in a new market, had one person when we opened that had Chick-fil-A experience. 
And she was a college student. And so I had her for a little bit of time and then she was immediately gone. And creating that leadership team from the ground up, after a year, I'm like, okay, hey, we need some definition. That definition definitely had the reverse effect of, hey, if this is what this is areas and, and boundaries of success, it was clear that some of the leaders weren't willing to stay within that. You know, initially they agreed to it, uh, but as that culture became reinforced through accountability. And through expectation, it was really clear that some of those leaders, you know, were were doing things or acting in a way that were removing themselves out or they just don't want to stay and be part of it. And when we had those vacuums of leadership leave, it was really helpful for me too to understand, hey, I, I don't want to replace with the same mentality. Like I've I've given definition of what I want my culture to be. And so hiring for the future and replacing those leaders, it gave me an even better you know, picture of success of what I wanted that desired outcome to look like, especially from the beginning. And this whole hiring journey with our leadership and with our culture, I, I remember I converged kind of in the, this one moment, we were having our meeting and I looked over on one side of the table and I had four people with years of Chick-fil-A experience. And it felt like this thing that just happened overnight. Like, I was like, how did this happen? And when did this happen? And that desire of, of creating that culture and finding the right leadership to, to live in it helped challenge me to where I have to be really, really selective of who I invite into my organization. And I go back and say, hey, that culture brand is, holds me accountable. And so I look where, hey, out of that adversity, we really supplemented our, our leadership staff with the right people. And hey, what does it look like in the future now? Like, you know, I have all these Chick-fil-A leaders that have all this experience. And it, in some sense, it has been a little bit challenging where I'm like, okay, I have a lot more people that are taking reins of the business. Uh, and how do I use this to continue to grow them? And uh, we've been fortunate where we have uh, some people on our staff um, that are pursuing the Chick-fil-A opportunity, whether short-term or long-term. And where I look where, and I mentioned this before, is I really want to be on the driver's seat of our culture. I don't want us to be the result of it. I want us to be the people that are are very intentional in creating the environment that we want. And this year, we've had some success where, hey, we've just raised expectations. We've raised the expectations for the business of what winning looks like. We raised expectations of what partnering looks like. And that healthy level of just simply raising expectations across the business has reinforced and reignited the, the need for our culture brand uh, because it's brought in, hey, the things that we've all agreed on, it's given that footing of, okay, well, this is our launching pad for what's next. And, you know, looking at, okay, hey, I want to be very consistent. I want to be in control of, hey, when we have a new, a new hire part of our team, we can do things in such a way that immediately creates the culture that we want in those first, you know, 30, 60, 90 days. And how can we do that? Not with only someone that's new, but someone that's existing. And, and that's where I think what the future holds next for us is, hey, we can really push and define our culture exactly where we want to see it. And especially with having leaders that have much a higher capacity, uh, I have much more confidence that I have the right, you know, go back to that analogy. I have a lot of right farmers uh, across the whole area of the business here that can really kind of start creating their own results within the restaurant. 
What a great picture of, I mean, initially, you know, you described yourself as realizing you needed to be the cultivator, you need to be this culture farmer idea, but now you're describing this idea that that responsibility is shifting to other levels, not even just your next level, but multiple levels of your organization where they they can actually impact as they coach and guide and lead and challenge and hold people accountable, they, they can actually impact the culture that that they have influence over. So what a great picture of, of cascading culture through the organization. It's been exciting having a lot more people sharing the load and, and contributing. <laughs> Do you sleep better? Oh yeah, hundred percent. And it's it's you know it's really exciting, like not just for my own personal, you know, fulfillment outside of work, but uh, I, I am the product of my own operator creating opportunity for me, and and part of that was being that mentor, and part of that was giving ownership, and this year giving more of my business away. Uh, I, I'm understanding and seeing, hey, I'm giving more opportunity for people to have a different future by letting them take the reins of my business, good, you know, good or bad. Yeah, but ultimately, I know that's going to you know, have that net positive result of them really taking full ownership and getting results that are really their own and gives them the template to learn and lead in the future. You know, Ray, as I as I talk to operators and there's there's people that come in, you know, from different ways. Some come up through Chick-fil-A, others come from outside. And one of the things I've noticed about leaders that come up through Chick-fil-A is they know the business so well. They're kind of jack of all trades. They can do all the positions. They're they're they can really be in it. And that's kind of a, a leadership Achilles heel for those leaders. They they tend to really get pulled back in the business and fixing that freezer at 3 a.m. that's showing a low temp or all those things, you know, do you do you feel yourself kind of coming out of that over the last year or two? Yeah. And I think I had one of those moments where I feel I have two small children and I have a young restaurant and I'm seeing where, you know, I'm trying to, you know, forecast, Hey, what, what are my kids' lives going to look like? What's the restaurant lives going to look like? And all interpreting it on my own where I'm like, Hey, what was my experience like? And now that I'm in the driver's seat of, of these two different groups, I, I I feel this this pressure of, hey, I want to make things easier than I had it, but I also want to create a healthy level of adversity, because that was that opportunity for me, where it's like when my operator gave me ownership in the business, I was able to learn, and being able to learn and lead put me in the opportunity of really of a lot future success, and I have that tension and that struggle now where. I still want to jump in. I still want to do. I still want to contribute. Um, but I also want our, you know, our leaders to to be able to own and flourish and have results that are truly like when they're sitting in front of Chick-fil-A and interviewing, they can say, hey, I did this without my operator's help. And it is a, it's a very hard and healthy tension to balance uh, because it's like I do want them to feel that, hey, I'm still supported, like I'm still supporting them. Uh, but I also want them to, I also want to stay back enough to where, hey, you can really own this and you can find that level of grit and challenge and me, you know, not let me come in and, and rescue out. So this can really be your own number. And it's been a, uh, a very unique process for me. And uh, yeah, I know it's a, a pitfall on both sides where you can become too lax, where you become not engaged or you can become too engaged and you start taking over. 
And, and that's been a, a hard but healthy challenge that I've noticed, especially now that we've gotten some stronger leaders where, okay, I need to let them have more ownership and stay in the business. It, it really is that a, a lot about emotional intelligence, understanding your people and knowing how much do they need from you? When can they, you know, are they getting stronger to kind of carry that weight by themselves? How much of a load can I put on each person? And, and it really is different for each person. So good for you for kind of measuring that along the way. That that way you get to use your superpower. Remember we talked about earlier of your awareness about people. Sounds like you're able to use that well. Ray, thanks for taking time to be on the show with us today. I, I just appreciate your friendship. I, I love working with your team. Our, our team loves working with your leaders. And I'm just so proud of what you've done with your culture and how you're, you're winning and even seeing new opportunity to grow. And, and thanks for your transparency and your story and some of the challenges you face today. But uh, thanks for being on the show. We'd love to have you back again. Thanks, Jay. Had a great time. Appreciate you all. Thank you for listening to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Rains. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Visit our website at buildyourculturebrand.com for our free culture brand assessment. See you next time. We would like to note that LeadersQ serves individual owner-operators and their teams and is not affiliated, endorsed by, or in any way officially connected with Chick-fil-A Incorporated.